Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. The topic for today is getting IT ready for the digital mesh. And I have Chris Zissis, who is the Chief Information Officer for EMEA, Head of Technology, Data and Information Management uh, for uh, Jones Lang LaSalle, JLL. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Sanjog. How are you today? Very good. Very good. It's a beautiful day uh, in Chicago here. And where are you based right now? Uh, I'm in London today, so it's an overcast, uh, rather windy um, afternoon for us in London. But uh, the sun is not shining, but it is fairly bright. So happy it's still daytime. <laughs> oh, that's great. So the the reason we got together here, because of course, you know, we are looking in this, uh, living in this digital era. And besides the new way of thinking of business, what's also coming are uh, the variety of devices that we have to deal with and not just the regular wearables and mobile devices, but even IoT came into play. And then there are many other flavors uh, of sensors being introduced. So all of this coming together is being given this umbrella term called digital mesh. And while we are getting used to dealing with different devices, but that doesn't mean that it takes away the complexity it may create in terms of the data, the, the variety of security issues, and many others. So we thought, why not actually take a, a closer look what does this do in terms of the value it creates for the business just because you have a device mesh? And then what challenges does it pose? How do we get IT ready so we get we harness the most value out of it? So, so let's talk about maybe you can give your perspective on what's the novelty and the cool things these device devices attached to the device mesh are bringing. And then what are what is the dark side or the complexity? Sure, sure. So, so thank you for having me um, on the show. Um, let, let's answer your question directly and do so by thinking about what digital mess is, is in its simplest terms. So if you think about what is digital mess, mesh, it's basically um, a simple way of referring to how multiple connections between devices, people who wear these devices, applications, uh, services such as IoT come together and generate content and data uh, to create digital outcomes, to create new digital views or perceptions of the world. And so what's the novelty? The novelty is, you know, with the huge amount of information and content available, we are starting to see things in a very different perspective. So one of the latest I saw was uh, one of the airlines I fly with uh, who was able to, over a period of 10 years, uh, tracking my lounge access, tracking my bookings, tracking what I've ordered on uh, the airplane in business class to eat, give me a dashboard and a summary of uh, you know what I've been doing for the last couple of years. And I mean, the headline message is, I was advised by this dashboard that I have flown to the moon and back four times. Yeah, So that's kind of an, a, a novel way of looking at the digital mesh. But if you want to think about uh, the mesh in a way of creating business value and creating 
growth, which is ultimately what businesses are trying to do, uh, then uh, the digital mesh is about creating a foundation for a new and improved digital business, either by uh, helping us improve through these devices and the data they generate or through the applications and the data they generate, improved customer engagement, uh, helping us drive a better understanding of production and sales cycles, uh, undertaking risk management through having a better insight into uh, identity management. And then also um, something close to my heart because uh, JLL is you know, all about real estate is helping us kind of predict what the workplace of the future will look like and what smart cities we'd like to be um, you know, living, working, and, and uh, you know, developing in. So the digital mesh is all about how do we bring data together and make informed decisions, but more importantly, create new business outcomes. So and that's the complexity of it because it's not traditional IT. It's a completely new value chain for businesses that aren't digital and innovative and are learning to do so. So, of course, you know, what you just mentioned, so anything which we try to do in terms of uh, technology adoption, we try to make the lives of the people who we serve interesting, engaging, simplified. But should it always be at the cost of complicating and making it unnerving for the people who deal with it? Is there a way when we are saying we will introduce this digital mesh, it's going to be creating a lot of value for the customer what what are the when we say the word that complexity will get introduced is that the very at the onset and then we can work towards simplifying or should we almost uh, accept the fact that when we make things better for the customer it's going to get worse for the people who manage it oh well, uh, that's that's an interesting question i i think uh, like all things technology uh, we go through a learning curve right so if you think about digital mesh uh, a year or two ago, it was all about how do we connect these devices? How do we connect wearables, traditional um, laptops and, and uh, you know, uh, iPads and IoT together so that we can have a seamless view of uh, the information that's created? You know, fast forward two years from there, it's all about the data and having an information architecture that ultimately is... Um, adaptable and scalable to create this new digital view of the world that we may not have in our heads or in the way we manage our businesses today. So I don't think it's as binary as it's easier for the consumer and uh, more and more difficult for the uh, creator or the architect uh, or the, the solutioners that bring it together. I think it's more about we will go through that learning curve and you know, IT teams and IT leadership and technology and data leaders will just have to simply become better at predicting disruption, being more agile in how this mesh creates an ongoing dynamic, you know, interaction with the world and then being able to respond to it, but to be able to respond to it with new skills and a cost to serve that's much lower than it was two years before that and two years prior to that, etc. So it's not, it's not about 
constantly living in complexity. It's being able to solution for that complexity um, and being able to go up the learning curve so that things get better and, and we can do more things with uh, the insights we get from the mesh, i.e., leveraging artificial intelligence, leveraging machine learning, um, being able to, you know, merge the physical and the digital, um, you know, information to create new realities such as augmented reality. All of that was really hard a couple of years ago. It's getting easier today. So would you say from a maturity standpoint, are we at a point where, the architectures that we have created, whether to handle the connectivity and compatibility and integration with these different devices or the, the the way you take the data out of it and make sense of it and create value from it, is that become like a mothership where you say, okay, bring it on. So it's not that we will stop creating the different new variety of devices, but are we at a point where we say, okay, life is good. You bring anything new, it'll follow a certain standard and uh, we will get the data from it, make sense of it, and and life will keep getting better. I think I think uh, the, if you think of the maturity curve, we, we we're not past the precipice of the maturity curve, right? Uh, and and the reason why I say that is, um, you, you know, traditionally uh, technology teams have thought about enterprise architecture, they've thought about, to use your term, bringing data and knowledge back to the mothership um, and then growing that understanding to serve very, very predictable actions, processes, uh, interpretations of markets, interpretation of, uh, interpretations of customers in, uh, in, in, in the geographies and in the markets we serve. What, what this interconnectedness has brought is, is a real challenge to the teams because it's about data coming back to the mothership and that is only the data you need to inform the business outcomes um, that help you grow the business in the traditional way. And it's also about keeping data and understanding and insight at the edge of, of the mothership which is very dynamic and there to to uh, respond to your um, to your your maturity question there I think we are still learning you know what data do we keep how scalable should the architectures be should the engineering be real time how secure should it be you know are we going to take some risks because it's it's low uh, you know low um, there's low material risk on data leakage and so it, it's, it's again not a very much a you know a binary thing. I think what we're doing is we're seeing lots and lots of focus on information architecture and uh, data architecture today than we did before. We're seeing a lot of focus on the application architecture being agnostic of technologies and platforms and being more focused on securing. Um, the data and helping the applications learn and grow as they become more uh, engaged with the mesh. And I think at the same time, um, the skill debate on do we have the right skills uh, to learn and build upon this kind of world that is in flux is probably the biggest challenge on a maturity basis because, you know, depending on the markets and depending on which leaders you talk to, the skills required today are buyers of good technology, 
people who understand data and have insights into data, but people who can uh, leverage automation, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning uh, at an application level, at a data level, and at a business engagement level. So that, that I think, is where the maturity is still lacking and, and where we have a lot more focus uh, that's needed. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's look at, or maybe rather split, this whole ecosystem which is being created through Digital Mesh as an upstream and downstream. Upstreamware is like you've got different devices, what you have today and what will come in future. Are we still in the land grab stage or uh, market grab stage where we are saying our device will follow our standards and it may not work with your other devices you may have in the mesh that you're dealing with. Or even we're talking about the the way the, the data is being uh, made available. Is that going to come in one standard format? Are we in it together? So if digital mesh is going to be multiple devices for multiple people, for multiple value chain partners in our ecosystem, is everyone on the same page in terms of standards, in terms of how data will be exchanged, how you will authenticate a device, how will you basically make sense of it? If we don't do it, we are leaving so much more opportunity on the table. Where are we with it? So let's talk that upstream part and then we can go to, okay, life is good on the upstream. What are we going to do to create business value and where are we with it? So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Chris, let's look at the upstream side where we are bringing these pieces together. And you mentioned like two years ago, uh, we had that challenge how we will connect these devices. Agreed. But then new forms and flavors of devices are coming, new ways of taking data out of it or 
messing with it to come up with some values also evolving. Are we still in that competitive mindset or we are together, vendors, customers, partners, all coming together to make this as an opportunity for all involved? Yeah, that, that's really, really good question. And, and the answer is yes and no. I um, would say if you think about I- IoT as a, as a good example, if you think about IoT a few years back when it was still very much the flavor of the month, uh, you know, vendors would be talking about you have to use my device to be able to generate, uh, you know, predictability, whether it's, uh, you know, asset uh, failure rates, whether it is footfall uh, and, and trying to predict a utilization, whether it's trying to understand who's walking past your retail store using um, you know, mobile device um, triggers. That has changed. You know, I think uh, ultimately with cloud uh, computing and a lot of these cloud providers truly being quite agnostic on how they ingest the data, um, we are seeing that a lot of the IoT solutions, workplace strategy solutions, again, close to home, are, very, are, are incredibly device agnostic. Um, that doesn't mean, though, that there are some big players um, out there that are obviously wanting to... Um, uh, you know, dominate the market as much as possible because there's a novelty and a value to be had from there. So uh, the most uh, relevant consumer uh, example I can give, if you are a Amazon um, Alexa uh, disciple, as I and my family are, you know, it switches on our lights. It, you know, we, we have our calendars read to us and it's quite a novel way of uh, you know taking the tension out of a household when you've got multiple people doing multiple things because it's quite predictable and helps you uh, manage your day uh, Alexa does not allow for integration uh, with Apple Music uh, which if you've made an investment many many years ago um, in Apple Music and are a big follower of Apple you can't listen to your music on the one sort of digital sort of enabler that makes your life easier. So I think you have some of that. But if I could sort of reflect on the question, I don't think it's about data standards and device standards. It's about open and, and, and uh, you know, leverageable open source endpoints, APIs, and an ability to mesh devices with other devices in an ecosystem. And I think there's many, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, partners out there that do this for a living. We built some of these ourselves, ourselves. So in short, I think the whole notion of my device is better than yours will very, very, very uh, quickly dissipate on the consumer side. Clearly, when you think about uh, autonomous vehicles, when you think about key machinery that uh, you know is used in mining or construction, there I think there will be a more closed nature. Uh, as far as the devices are concerned, because it poses security challenges, it poses certain risks which you don't want you know someone to instantly hack into your vehicle and then push your brakes while you're driving 100 miles an hour. So I think it's variable. It depends on the use case, but today I don't think the vendors are uh, against working with one another. 
but the use case, be it surgery, be it vehicles, be it, you know, mining, be it, you know, uh, you know, flight management systems and how the mesh helps to predict, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, failure rates, uh, you know, behaviors of pilots, etc. I think that's a bit going to be a bit closed and, and rightfully so. So more open on the consumer side, less open on the, um, the let's say, specialized side. But again, uh, the ability to access data um, for business outcomes and particularly digital business outcomes is becoming more open. And when we talk about the architecture itself and uh, any good architecture, it should be agnostic of a technology or a specific device, etc. So are we at a point where the, the newer device manufacturers, the old ones who were going for the land grab, have recognized that their existence would be dependent on making it that open system or open stack centric? Has that yeah, dawned that, on that? that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really, really important uh, point to highlight. Yes, uh, if you look at some of the big, um, you know, software houses in the past, you know, very much uh, even the IBMs of this world very much started with a journey. The Microsofts of this world closed. You have to use us. We are able to enable you to scale. Today, if you break architecture into three components, you know, application and services architecture, organizations that are, are living and breathing the digital mesh, give, mesh given the huge uh, availability of data sources, you know, through wearables, through uh, sensors in buildings, through mobile devices, you have to focus on microservices, you have to focus on service-orientated components that basically help you address the what-if questions, help you address the new business opportunities you need uh, to exploit, uh, given all this data you have. Where it becomes a little bit more complicated is if you then go beyond that into the information architecture and being able to blend information needs, all this data, what data do I need, how do I store it, what do I keep uh, for how long? What do I delete? What do I send back to the mothership? What do I retain just to address a particular uh, use case? With that, I think it becomes more complicated because in the past it was only about storage and analytics. Now it's about real-time fulfillment through data. And there the architectures are all about real-time engineering, which gives you the velocity and throughput um, to be able to, you know, exploit the mesh. And so there, the big players, you'll see they are moving more and more away from it's closed, it's mine, I have the IP, to being able to exploit, you know, velocity, um, real-time access, ability to bring things back to the mothership but also keep them on the edge where the data is needed to, to drive, you know, customer engagement, to drive predictable, you know, um, artificially intelligently driven um, analytics. And there I think we're seeing the shift. We're seeing the shift from mine to how do I beat the engineering race. And then finally, I think, uh, you know, the biggest... Uh, uh, opportunity yet challenge is um, with you know so much computing power 
um, you know, uh, in, in, in the hardware today, you know, and with the access to, you know, rather cheap cloud services, is how do you secure all of this? And I'll give you an example. I recently was speaking to a colleague of, of mine who was saying, you know, in the past, um, when, when you were thinking about cyber security or information security, you had to create a firewall, um, you needed to prevent people from coming in, and if they did, you had some remediation steps uh, by, uh, that you take to you know, clean yourself of any uh, risks. With a huge focus on hacking, I think what we, we need to understand is the mesh creates some vulnerability. So the example I'll give is uh, this colleague of mine was saying to me that uh, someone was using their massive uh, compute power and engineering capability to do some cryptocurrent mining on their cloud environment, not there to destabilize the business, not there to uh, try and, you know, propagate a, some form of um, a cyber attack purely to use their compute power. And it took them a couple of weeks to realize that was the case because they were losing, uh, you know, uh, service. They were losing, you know, throughput. And those are some of the risks that the mesh brings. It, it brings risks that you would not necessarily anticipate because everything's so interconnected. And see, so you bring up this cloud, uh, you know, infrastructure. And there are a lot of organizations because of, I'm not saying maturity, but the resistance to go to cloud because of this untold fear with respect to security challenges, or there are regulatory issues which would prevent them. So, would you, would you say there is a way out for all companies in some form or fashion to be able to leverage this digital mesh by doing something to their infrastructure so that that computing power or their connectivity and distributable uh, or that that global distribution related issue which is very very much required for a digital mesh to exist is no longer an issue because this is the foundation Without having that, God bless, I'm not sure if we can really get to fully harnessing the value of digital mesh. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the challenge around cloud and, um, you know, the historical challenges we've all faced, you know, are we meeting regulatory requirements? Are we meeting global data protection requirements? Um, are we able to secure... Um, you know, the, the hardware and the servers in a way that they are hardened, that we don't create risk for the enterprise, is very much still there. But I think uh, the reality is um, cloud environments, um, particularly some of the big cloud uh, you know, providers, if you think of, of uh, Amazon, you know, Amazon today is not only Amazon as we know it as, you know, the largest distributor um, and logistics company that allows us to buy stuff without going into store. They are a cloud provider and a very good one at that. Uh, they've hardened and they've catered through their architecture for a lot of these, uh, you know, challenges around regulation, data protection, and um, enabling CIOs and CEOs and management boards to be, feel comfortable we're not creating risk. And, and if, if you think about it one step further, um, if you think about how startups start, startups ultimately start with cloud services 
and then ultimately they have the challenge of scaling and over time the successful ones scale appropriately through partnerships through or through additional investment but they never really move away from the cloud ethos so uber is a cloud run business you know microsoft you know, two or three years ago, maybe two years ago, declared that they will become a huge uh, provider of cloud services by eating their own medicine. And so if you think about today, email is cloud-hosted. If you think about content management, it's cloud-hosted. If you think about what we do in our daily lives uh, through banking, you know, all the applications we use for online banking, I'm sure in the States, as well as in Europe are cloud hosted. So we've overcome that challenge. I think the digital mesh brings on a different dimension and that is how do you move from cloud computing as a uh, as a, a style of computing to create service orientated models for hosting things to cloud computing and edge computing. So as I said earlier, engineering where the application is in your face, it's available to you either through a wearable or through a mobile phone and how cloud and that edge computing allows for constant connectivity in a distributed way, but then also allows the cloud uh, services to, you know, prevent security breaches prevent leakage and that is I think kind of the flavor uh, of the day and that's where the key skills uh, that I spoke about earlier in terms of having the right skill who understands how this architecture all hangs together and can bulletproof any risks is probably the the bigger focus rather than on-premise versus cloud as it was in the past. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. So it was a great discussion on the upstream part, which is setting up your plumbing, the architecture, the infrastructure, if you will, at least on the connectivity side and the the, the core computing power. Now, let's uh, once we come back from the break, let's talk about downstream. So, okay, you, you got your pieces together. They're hanging on well together. Now you got the data being exchanged, being processed, being uh, acted upon for you to essentially create that experience in the first place why you started this. What does it take, given most organizations, large and small enterprises, dealing with this glut of data? Everyone says, I want to make a data lick, but what then? What, how to make sense of it? Problems with data enablement as a culture. That's a big problem. Data management is a big problem. So how is digital mesh related investments ever going to pay off without us having a good handle on the data management and the building a culture of data enablement. Let's discuss that. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. 
Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit BlackBerry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So we did talk about upstream infrastructure, architecture, plumbing, which will keep the pieces together. And uh, now let's talk about the downstream, which is, okay, you got all data coming from different directions. How do you handle it? How do you make sense of it? How do you find something actionable? And then give that what I call as a continuous digital experience to the parties who you are aiming to serve. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think if you if you think about what we discussed earlier, one of the most uh, sort of you know telling things about the digital mesh is you know um, the fact that data is everything, right? Data content is everything. It's the foundation upon which we can create new businesses, be they digital, or challenge some of the notions of how we do business uh, today. So um, data um, through the digital mesh mesh poses a unique opportunity um, for us to challenge and also challenge the way we've captured and, and leveraged data, but also how to better store and then exploit the the storage of that data uh, for future use. So what does that mean um, in in real terms? It means that the skills of the organization very quickly shift from, uh, you know, uh, process uh, automation, uh, very, very quickly shift from a sales orientation, uh, being able to cobble together applications that help for more efficiency and productivity to skills that are all about data and how we exploit the data uh, to ultimately create new insights in what we do. Um, So what does that mean? Data scientists is the flavor of the month has been for for many, many months and years uh, in, in, in our profession. But employing good data scientists that have the ability to learn uh, as the mesh creates more dynamic uh, views of information, evaluate uh, the accuracy of those, and then use those to create new insights. And coupling that uh, capability with algorithms, artificial intelligence, ultimately is what the business of technology and data is in, in the new digital world. And so ultimately... I see a shift in how 
organizations will uh, leverage uh, IT departments, technology departments, more focus on application engineering, more focus on acquiring or buying uh, new technologies uh, that can help exploit the mesh, and then more importantly, more focus on, on data scientists to create a more systemic and a dynamic view of all this data that is coming into the enterprise to ultimately create new things. So an example I'll give is um, if you think about valuations of uh, real estate or the valuation of real estate, it's a very simple thing. You have a workflow, you get a whole bunch of data um, that is uh, traditionally based on your understanding of corporate real estate and the market. You give it to some very clever people, actuaries, valuers, and they determine over a period of time, based on supply, demand, transactions, what ultimately the potential value of real estate could be uh, today and possibly in the very near future, but not in the distant future. If you then uh, think about uh, the digital mesh, uh, it's providing information of where people want to um, entertain themselves, where they commute from, where they do their shopping, ultimately uh, ultimately, how they get to a, a destination. And that starts to add a lot more insight and a lot more information on uh, some other parameters uh, that can uh, determine value. And that's where data science comes in. You then start shifting the paradigm from I can predict valuations based purely on what I know to I can start thinking about valuations in the context of information I never had, which the mesh is providing, and then going forward. Not only can I predict valuations, but I can ultimately start to influence valuations by ensuring that the construction of buildings or the um, refurbishment of buildings is in line with, um, you know, the insights I'm getting from the mesh. So data science, ability to exploit data, ability for data scientists and application uh, developers to work together to create new outcomes is key. Which then brings me to the whole idea of how IT departments or uh, technology leaders responding to this. I must say it's, it's, it's a world of uh, you know, two polarities. I think some are basically saying, um, this is not me. Uh, let the data guys um, deal with it. They have more skill and capability, and we will just do what we do, which is protect the perimeter, make sure the cloud environments are strong, make sure our end users have the right devices. Others, um, as is the case in our organization, we've combined the two capabilities, and slowly and incrementally, we are changing our skill base to be more responsive to generic technologies, the way digital natives think by coming into the enterprise. They know what they want. They know how to leverage the technology. They don't need to be educated. They don't need to be spoon-fed and moving our skill more towards leveraging automation, leveraging the intelligence that the digital mesh brings, bringing in data skills, bringing in solution experts so that we can create real outcomes from what's coming downstream. So traditionally and even going forward, would you agree that IT would really do the job at its very best when it is invisible? 
means the device mesh would exist, but it would be more of an experience versus us literally taking notice of the devices that exist or they work any differently, et cetera, et cetera. So is there any effort being made to make it as an experience versus IT tinkering with a bunch of different architectures, devices, and data? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good good question. I think if you think about the mesh today, or if what we define the mesh today, it is both visible and invisible, right? So IT in the past um, and even in many cases today was all about how do I improve functionality? How do I, you know, constantly through my experience of the organization and its needs predict what I need to invest in to improve um, what the organization needs because I have an understanding of, you know, the strategy, the process flows, the, um, the, the um, you know, the uh, way we go to market today, though, and with this constant need uh, for people to have access to data. I mean, if you think about how many times, I'm not sure, you know, social media, but how many times some of my colleagues check, you know, their LinkedIn profiles and their Instagrams and their Facebooks. This constant need for data is actually challenging our ability to predict what organizations want and what, you know, the digital natives need. They need something real time and they need something on a whim because that's how we are growing up as consumers. You know, the, the iPhone has kind of changed the way we, um, we calculate things, the way we uh, determine how we go from point A to B, the way we order things. And so IT departments are no longer about predictable, you know, industrial, I'm going to plan my way through what needs to be done and my investment, be it CapEx or OpEx, is going to be predictable and will be able to truly deliver good ROI if I do my job. IT departments today, um, given the fact that the mesh has challenged some of the thinking, are about trying to respond to the opportunities that all this information and content brings, truly responding to partnerships out there that do it better and faster um, than traditional enterprise uh, technologists would do. And then more importantly, using that to have a conversation uh, with, you know, the, the, the business or the fee earners or the product uh, colleagues on how we can change the business from just doing what we did well to doing things that are very different that we've never dreamt or thought of before. So uh, I'll, I'll use um, a good example. If you think about um, blockchain, for example, as a distributed, um, non-sort of, uh, I, I won't say uh, non-exchange regulated um, sort of concept, the computer is the mesh, right? And the it's still trusted because people understand that it's got certain, um, uh, you know, certain uh, criteria whereby you are, cannot dispute the record, you can have a record of what's been agreed in a dynamic way. So if you think about organizations and enterprises, we have to become more blockchain-esque. We have to you know, not try and have a point-to-point -point transaction between what we do. We're going to have to figure out ways 
and are figuring out ways where all this information will lead to new business outcomes. And those business outcomes will challenge the traditional way we've invested, hired, and more importantly, with who we've partnered. Now, here, when we are going through this journey, and yeah, we talk about technology, we talk about data and analytics, people, and I say quote-unquote people, are becoming issues. And that's if you were to ask people in the room and say, raise your hands, how many people have issues with people as part of the foundational elements which will make device uh, mesh uh, more manageable or making the digital successful, most hands uh, go up. What do we do on that front? What do we uh, do in terms of the training? So we'll take a quick break right now, and uh, that's something we should uh, you know, cover as well because that becomes the most important thing. So you'll have some changes in the processes, but eventually it comes down to people because this is a never-ending race or an exercise because today you have one experience to deliver to your customers. That would morph, and new technologies, new devices, new architectures, it keeps happening. How do you keep these people to have their juices flowing at the, the best possible manner and get them to deliver exceeding expectations of the ones who you serve? What does it take? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Chris, when you are looking at different aspects of digital mess, we did talk about the upstream, the downstream in terms of what you do with data. But then all of that comes down to the people who are creating things, managing it, and serving the very people who you intend to serve. That means your internal business users. That means your internal technology uh, workers who are coming together to make it happen. What would you change or what would you do new, more or different with them 
so that you truly get to maximize the value of working and supporting the digital mesh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. If you think about people, first of all, and skill sets, I think um, the two sort of truly important skills that any organization that's going through this journey needs. Uh, we talked about data scientists as one and the data being everything. The other one is truly, you know, digitally focused software engineers who are able to interpret, you know, all this, you know, capability across architectures, across uh, uh, engineering requirements and make something of that. So two core skills, software engineers, data scientists, and, and you know, yes, I, I think a lot of organizations talk about project managers and program managers and, and trainers, but for me, software engineers, data scientists are very key, and you have to invest and you have to continuously invest in their hire, their development, and challenging them. So that's the one uh, facet. The other facet is any organization that's going through so much dynamicism and so much change because of the information available, the vendors coming through with um, a clear review of what's better as opposed to something that's not as good, is having a truly open and trusted dialogue across the enterprise on what you're trying to achieve. So seeing, I mean, we call it digital watch. It's understanding what everybody else is doing, what's out um, in the market, who's offering what. And the reason why that's important is with the digital mesh, with the fact that so many devices, so many endpoints, so many applications are viable today. You don't have to build them. You don't have to spend months creating them. It's really important that you have people who understand what's happening out there and what you can leverage. So that's the second piece. Um, the third piece, uh, which is less about you know, skills and having an understanding of what's out there and having a common understanding of what's out there in the technology teams and the business teams, is you can only be successful if you are clearly defining the outcomes you want to achieve with the data, with the information uh, you uh, are receiving through the mesh. So the one phrase I like to use, and I've heard this uh, from you know, some very, very uh, clever people who've been successful in, in exploiting uh, the mesh, is maniacal focus on scope. So what am I trying to achieve? Why am I trying to achieve it? What value will it give me? Um, so if you think about the people context in relation to these three themes, it's have the right skills, understand what's out there, because in many cases today, you don't have to start from scratch. You can start with a foundation that you can buy, or you can learn and then uh, build. And then number three is the outcomes need to be very clear from how much I am time I'm going to put in, what I'm trying to achieve, and then ultimately, how much am I going to get in return for that? And that has changed the paradigm of what technology teams have done, right? If you think about traditionally, it was all about big projects, very, very specific business cases to implement an ERP over a period of time. Now we're talking about, you know, 
doing those as well because enterprises need them. But to exploit the mesh, it's all about small proof of concept, uh, light touch applications, pivot, pivot, fail or proceed. And you need the skill base to evolve in that way of thinking. And, and that's ultimately a big differentiator. The final point I'll make about people is they're hard to come by um, uh, because, you know, uh, you know, software engineers, good software engineers, uh, the ones that ultimately are, are very good and will be successful want to work for the Googles of this world, want to work for the Apples of this world. They don't ultimately want to work for every other enterprise that's not those. So investment in people, so paying um good money, but then really, really pushing the ante on making sure that they're working on challenging things and not just maintaining the status quo is a commitment an organization has to make strategically. So not a cost center. These are people who are driving value, leveraging the mesh, leveraging the data that comes from it. They are driving new business outcomes, and they have to be rewarded and remunerated in the same way that people who actually sell products and services, you know, grow market share, are rewarded and, um, and ultimately remunerated. And then finally, uh, the final point on this is training. Um, you're right. I think you earlier said not even the trainers ultimately are able to you know, embrace some of this. So it becomes really important that you're constantly building a bench of new partners, uh, new uh, colleagues and employees, new alliances that will ultimately help you move through, you know, the uncertainty that, you know, this constant changing uh, world of technology brings to the fore. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your views on how IT leaders can get ready to support and harness most value from this digital mesh. Well, it's just very good to be here, and I thank you for your time. really enjoyed it. Thank you so much again, Chris. Uh, please like us on Facebook, listeners. Uh, search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Join us on LinkedIn community. And then find our podcast on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We are there everywhere you are. So hope you will join, subscribe, and rate our podcast. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.